Welcome to Whom, an Australian podcast focused on bringing creative names to light. At Whom, we ask the real questions. That would inform what question you would ask everyone, right? I was just thinking, like, do you like cheese? (laughs) We also make sure we touch on the real issues. Get away with anything if you've got enough money, enough rock. Yeah, what's currency to them? How many hairs you got in your mane? More hairs in my mane. (laughs) But one thing's for sure. Our guests promise to open up and tell you stories all about themselves that will send you on an emotional roller coaster. The owner of Pip Theatre in Brisbane joins us today to talk about her love for theatre. Please welcome Deirdre Grace. Without further ado, here's your hosts, Ben, Javan, and Ben. So, uh, I, you know, read along and, you know, got that part of Charlie Brown and just loved it. Um, and so it was a primary school performance and uh, while we were up on stage, I had my baby sister, um, Rebecca, um, see me up on stage and, you know, get away from mum and run up the aisle and come and sit on my lap you know, <laughs> while we were on stage. So, um, you know, I kind of, you know, gathered it up and carried her over to the side and said, you wait there for me. And <laughs> um, So, you know, I just have that memory very clearly in my mind. So all through high school I did you know, drama and loved it. And um, <clears throat> after school, I auditioned for what was then the, the Queensland, you know, place to go, which was Darling Downs Institute of Advanced Education. And I got in but chose not to take it up because at the time, and uh, you know, the average wage for an actor was about $12,000 a year. Um, and I just thought, well... I don't want to be, um, you know, waiting tables all my life, you know, waiting for the next gig and because and, um, there are other things in life that I want. Yep. So so I didn't take it up and I did a business degree instead, um, which did have a leisure focus. Um, it was a base business degree with um, uh, streams that you could go into like outdoor education management um, facilities and venue management and, um, you know, arts and rec- arts and uh, entertainment, that sort of thing, okay. travel and tourism. So um, it was something my mum saw in the paper and picked up for me. I hated it the whole time I was there. Had a fantastic time partying <laughs> through <laughs> uni. Um, and um, But in hindsight was probably a very good degree to do because of the business subjects, essentially. Uh, because, you know, you n- everything you do in life, you're going to need business skills, I think, you know. Um, so, you, you know, even you guys doing this, you, you need to know yeah. your marketing, your finance. Your, yeah, um, That's what our uh, Siobhan <coughs> is for. Yes, yes. <laughs> she does um, our marketing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I went uh, into business... Instead, uh, and do you want me to keep talking? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, do you feel like do you feel like that? Do you regret doing that? Um, um, No, as it turns out, Uh, I always had a sense of. A few steps back, um, I've been married for thirty years. Coming next March, (laughs) so I met my husband the day after my twenty-first birthday at a party I was not going to go to because I was too hungover from my 21st birthday. <laughs> but I did go along with my flatmate for one drink 
so my flatmate Monica said, just come for one drink. So off I went for one drink and in the course of that met my husband Graham. Um, and, uh, you know, we're real soulmates. And I do think that the arts is not entirely conducive to families and relationships. You know, it's... it's uh, uh, some aspects of it are very solitary and almost self-absorbed. Although you're absorbing... Oh, the word I'm looking for is more... Um, you have to be very focused on one thing for a intense period of time and, and that's not conducive to having relationships with, you know... Um, <coughs> people I think I don't know <laughs> anyway so I wonder and so met my gorgeous husband uh we've ha we've had two beautiful daughters you know so I've had a long and very satisfactory you know life um and uh I wouldn't give any of that up for quids um so I'm not sure that working you know nights weekends you know intense periods of focus and all that would have also led me let me have all the things I have now, yeah. which I would not give up. So, so it always was a regret. <laughs> In a way, yeah. You sort of. I'm going to get teary. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> My daughters will be just shaking their head, going, "Mom, <laughs> you're such a dag." Anyway, it always was a regret, and but now now that I'm. I have started pit theatre and kind of uh, got really heavily involved in it. Absolutely no regrets whatsoever because I think what I've been able to achieve with a lifetime of skills and resources behind me is probably far more than I would have had I done this in my 20s because uh, I see so many people, you know, uh, trying to get into it um, and struggling and persevering for years and years and then and giving up because it's very, very hard. Mm. And um, even I have found that this exercise has called on every... every bit of knowledge and skills and resources that I have built up over the last 50-plus years... Um, <laughs> uh, and that has surprised me actually. But so you know, I've done bar work and waitering. I've done, I've worked in major corporations um, as an operations manager. Uh, and Graham and I've run a wholesaling business for um, twenty-one years together, and and built it up from a Queensland-based business to Australia-wide um, over that period. And it has called on every ounce of. Um, uh, strength and confidence that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I would ever need. Yep. So, you know, uh, I, you know, Graham always says, you know, in my 20s, you're underconfident, like, for what the skills and things that you offer. And he feels that females in general, you know, can be like this. Whereas a male is just, yeah, I got this, I'm fine. Mm. You know, the female's like, oh, have I got it? Am I, you know... Uh, We're not yeah, allowed to show vulnerability. No, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is um, why you might like the boys, no. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so um, 
I'm not sure what the original question was, but <laughs> yeah, no regrets. Um, uh, <coughs> uh, and in some ways, you know, it, it could not have turned out any better, you know, doing it any other way. Because, as I say, I've got a beautiful family. I've got lots of contacts and resources to call on and, yeah. Yeah. So, in a way, you'd sort of encourage people if they're sort of in their early to mid-20s and they're trying to pursue acting and creative arts or, or whatever kind of uh, artistry they they feel like they really want to get into, mm. um, that it's not always such a terrible thing to take a step back um, and focus on other aspects of your life that you might be missing out on because of mm. you devoting your entire life and all of your energy to that one thing. Like, mm. for example, you might be um, <laughs> you might be interested in, in you know, settling down, having a family, doing all of that stuff, um, but you find it difficult to do so when you're devoting all of your energy to mm. um, getting into the creative arts. So what I'm saying is that 100% um, anything else you do in life will actually inform your creative life as well and give you more experience and contacts and, you know, um, um, and possibly enable you to do uh, more. Yeah. 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 So we haven't really touched on... Um, I want to learn a bit about Ben here. Why... So... You know, you've gone through your acting school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You put hours and hours, years into acting school. What yeah, made you want to, I guess, step back? Or yeah. So this is this is in some way related to to my own journey, I guess you could say, um, because I have since I think I sort of landed on acting as the thing that I wanted to do with my life when I was in uh, late high school. Mm-hmm. Um, grade 11 and 12, I sort of, I went from, I found that I was doing drama in school and it wasn't really doing it for me, you know. I wasn't getting enough of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started looking elsewhere, started looking out into the wider world, started doing courses in my holidays, you know, getting involved in all the theatre stuff. Uh, and then coming out of school, I actually attempted to take a gap year, but I found six months in I was too bored. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I went immediately into acting school and did about two and a half years of acting school. Um, and now that I'm in my mid-20s, um, you know, uh, so many people, uh, they, they get out of acting school and they're, they're so young and they just they, they really sort of deep dive and I absolutely respect that 100% for the people who can do it. Um, and they devote all of their time and energy to, to getting out and doing as much as they can. Uh, whereas I've sort of taken a different approach to it. Uh, you know, I, I came out of acting school and, and uh, whilst I had the skills and you know, the ability to, to do all the performing, um, I found that uh, for a, a number of reasons uh, that I won't really go into, um, I wasn't really doing as much. Uh, in the theatre spaces and, and acting as many of my peers were. Um, and I sort of just fell into that, um, you know, I, I got a job, I, mm. 
Mm. I started, you know, paying the bills that way, and <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I got a job in sales and and you know customer service, and I did I, I did that part of my life, um, and even now in my in my mid twenties, um, acting is still sort of a, a secondary focus mm. of my life. No, no matter how much I I do enjoy it, and um, I still do. Uh, absolutely love it, and I know that it is the thing that I do eventually want to be devoting more time to. Mm-hmm. But I feel that it serves uh, me better to have that be, uh, you know, a secondary focus, and and have the main focus of of my life to be solidifying my place mm-hmm. in the world. Um, <laughs> just due to the uh, financial yeah, requirements yeah, of of much. today's mm. day and age, and I'm someone who does want to you know, settle down and and do the whole family thing. Mm. So, um, it it gives me some comfort when I hear um, stories like yours and and people who are always telling me, you know, it's never too late to start. Yeah. Um, so I go, okay, cool. I'm, I'm not on a time limit here. I can uh-huh. yeah, I can do what I can do in the time that I have. And it's it's um it's it's nice to know that you know you, uh, it there'll always be an opportunity later in life to get back into it. To get back into it. Yeah. Um or not get back into it, but you know uh Contribute more of your time to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So now I guess mm. um, your wholesale business is sort of self-sustained now. It's running itself, really? Uh, yes. It has long been our goal to have it operate independently of us. Um, we are still very much involved, but we have enough staff to cover all the roles that need covering, yeah. you know, with us as backup and the support and so we have kind of set it up to be, um, you know, to... So it's like passive you know, income run. and... <coughs> yes, you, yes. Now you can run your theatre. <laughs> yes. Passive but, um, income. Yeah. You know, think you've still... You've got to have your finger on the pulse uh, all the time with business. And, for example, we had everything ticking along beautifully and then, you know, when COVID hit, um, uh, we were actually one of the lucky businesses that went ballistic, you know, rather than quiet. Um, but, you know, in some ways it's al- almost it's, – it's as hard to manage um, j- that, you know, level of growth in such a sudden period of time. So we were kind of dragged back into it, uh, you know, uh, f- full-time for a period and it was extremely stressful um, – uh, as all our staff will <laughs> nod and nod their heads, but it actually also led to, you know, a couple of changes in the way we operate the business. Which, you know, we are long established. This is the way we do things, um, and uh, you know, as a wholesaler, we did always have a showroom, for example, and w- we closed those during COVID, of course. And what we realised is the business operates far more efficiently. Um, just focusing on just being wholesale, don't have a showroom presence. You know, we can have appointments, people in by appointments and what have you, but most people really can order online or um, yeah. 
of the phone or email um, and they know what they want. It's not... Um, yeah, so, you know, that... Um, and now we've got it back on an equal uh, equilibrium. You know, we're trundling along well until the next big, you know, whatever comes along. <laughs> we've yeah. been through floods. Because <laughs> there's always um, a disaster around the corner. Next one. Yeah. It seems to be, yes, yeah. So we weather... What do, you, uh, what, what do you wholesale? What do you sell? Oh, well, it very, very um, unglamorous. It is um, industrial uh, plastic packaging. So um, anything from a 50ml bottle to a 1,000-litre tank and crates and boxes in between for production yeah, right. lines and stuff. So you've got your own, yeah, like, cr- uh, manufacturing station? Uh, and no, we, we don't manufacture. We just wholesale. So there yeah. are um, uh, three... Big manufacturers in Australia, and a number of other um, manufacturers that just do specialist um, components, uh, like caps and yeah. what have you. And uh, so we buy off, you know, um, all of the Australian manufacturers, and yep. then resell nice. in smaller lots. So they will, you know, for example, only want to sell, you know, a whole truckload or. You know, ten pallets or something. So yep. we'll get the ten pallets, and you can buy one if you need. <laughs> so they might have twenty big customers in Australia, yep. the manufacturers, and we have you know thirty thousand customers on on our books. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So Ben's goal for twenty five years from now mm-hmm. is to have a self sustained company, <laughs> self sustaining business, and your own yeah. theatre. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Right. I mean, we'll it's just, we will see the where Bartholomew we go. Theatre. I mean, twenty five years is a long time. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, it goes like that. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell me that. that. <laughs> That'll scare me off. You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, tell us a bit about the theatre. How so? Mm. When was the moment? You said to your husband, let's open a theatre. Mm-hmm. And how did he take it? <laughs> right. Well, it, it, um, so I started getting involved in acting uh, about uh, four years ago. Uh, I said, right, you know, my, the kids are self-sustaining too, self-sufficient <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, and so I started doing acting classes and I've done, you know, about 20 hours a week um, consistently for the last four years of whatever courses I could get a hold of. I mostly chose long-term, you know, 12-month courses, um, like, you know, the NIDA Acting Studio courses, which goes, you know, every Saturday for a year. I did one down at Helen's Vale. I've done the Queensland Shakespeare Ensemble um, apprenticeship. Uh, You know, fabulous stuff and I've had amazing tutors it's been wonderful um so then I got to the point one of the very first things uh, and starting with courses at the Brisbane Arts Theatre as well uh the one of the very first things that anyone said to me was no one's going to offer you a role you've got to make your own opportunities Mm. um so I went at the time I went oh Really? That sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here, four years later, I said, "Well, I do. I, you know, I want to take that leap from, uh, you know, amateur and community theatre into um, professional. Uh, how am I going to do this?" And I've read, you know, nothing but plays over the last four years. I used to be quite a, an avid um, novel reader, but um, I haven't read a novel for ages because I've been too busy reading plays. But um, 
so I I got about ten years worth of projects, you know, lined up in my mind of things that I would love to do, and I chose the boys as the first project. So I cast around looking for a venue. You know, I thought, right, let's you know approach all of the people in Brisbane that have a you know decent sized venue, and let's find out about it. Um, so having gone through the process of looking at you know fifteen different venues and what have you. Uh, and finding out pricing, availability, you know, there's nothing available for 18 months in advance. Mm. Uh, and even then, you know, getting in's tricky. Um, and it's quite expensive. Um, you know, to the tune of 30% of your production costs is going to be venue, if not more, depending on where you choose. So, and I went, mm-hmm. there is not enough professional theatre space in Brisbane. So I started looking around all in Gabba. Uh, we're thinking, oh, we have warehouses at, um, at Rockley in um, Western Brisbane. And I thought, well, you know, all in Gabba will be cheap. Uh, no. Nope. It's uh, not because of the Olympics. You know, obviously it's slated for high-rise development and the prices are ridiculous. And was, you know, contacting agents around, you know, the inner city rim. And I came across this venue, which I recalled as a... Um, a nightclub you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> uh, and I, I, did, I did work as an activities coordinator at TAFE colleges. Um, so in 92, I organised a fashion parade at this venue. Um, so it, I actually knew it quite well. And uh, I thought, oh, that's, if Gab is that price, this is going to be ridiculously expensive. Um, but I sent an email off to the agent anyway. Uh, and I kind of hummed it hard, thinking, oh, they're just going to laugh at me um, for because of what I want to do with it. And uh, I even – it closed, like it, expressions of interest were closing, and I let it close, and it was still there, and I thought, well, no one's bought it or inquired about leasing it, so I'll just uh, hook in there. <laughs> anyway, um, the Cheryl Vise, the real estate agent, was wonderful. Like she immediately went, oh, yes, you know, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had recalled one of the biggest problems with it as a venue was that the only access to the, the theatre level or the dome... one lift. Yeah, well, well, it didn't even have the lift. It oh. had those the back stairs. Um, so there was no wheelchair access or anything yeah, um, right. back then. But the, the, um, the owner had put in this lift, uh, so that made it doable. Um, and, you know, it still has its problem. There's no venues, I guess, that's not purpose-built is going to be without its issues. Mm. Even purpose-built ones have issues, I think. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, anyway, negotiation after negotiation <laughs> later, uh, we, ha- you know, um, we have a venue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So the, the situation with my husband was that like, I kept doing the numbers, you know, I'd add them all up, add them all up and just go, it does not make sense in any way, shape or form um, to do this venture. Um, you know, having come from a background of business where, you know, if you don't make a profit, you're not going to exist anymore. So um, I, I uh, always laughingly say, well, Graham didn't say no often enough and quick enough. <laughs> because I was very insistent. <laughs> and I think he's quietly 
pleased now. Like, he, yeah, it, but it was a source of tension for a while. Like, it was a huge risk to, to just leap out there and do it. Um, but, you know, I think it's um, going to turn out really well. Um, very thankfully, along the way, I've been able to... Um, I have a co-founder come on board with me, uh, a, a dear friend of ours, long-standing friend, Michelle Apps. Um, so uh, she and her family have come in on the venture with us. Oh, so um, invested. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So, um, it, you know, which is wonderful because she has a very strong business background as well. Um, so uh, you, we, we then actually set it up as a charity. Um, so, so it's a social enterprise focus, um, and we very much have um, purpose at our core. So, what one of my feelings with the whole arts industry and reading so many plays and what have you is that it is very male dominated. There, the more playwrights, the more producers, the more roles, plum roles, um, are for. Um, males and the females often ancillary um, and supportive to that. Um, so uh, I feel that there are many other people in the industry that need a voice um, and not just females, not just older females, but, you know, people with diverse genders, people with diverse abilities. Um, so our mission is to um, have... Um, to find those people and to give them opportunities to um, put things on the stage. Mm. Um, so, for example, we've partnered with Indelibility Arts, which is an, um, another, an arts organisation which um, uh, provides professional opportunities for people with different abilities. You know, they, they might be neurodiverse neurodivergent, I'm learning all the lingo, I'm not, um, you know, they might have, um, you know, sp special, s special or different abilities. Um, so we've partnered with them and uh, got several projects in mind for, for um, a diverse range of people to come on stage. Um, yeah. So, yes, unashamedly offering a voice for... Um, yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's awesome. Right, so, why the boys? Aha, uh -huh. yes. <laughs> why the boys? Uh, well, um, even though this play is called The Boys, it is very, very much about the females in the play. So, um, uh, you know, it's about how the, the, the boys' behaviour impacts... Um, the females in their lives. And um, it also explores all of the issues around masculinity and violence in Australia. And what really struck me when I first read it was that it was written 30 years ago and the issues that it raises are still so relevant today. Um, and I felt, um, you know, it's loosely based on... Um, you know, the murder of Anita Cobby um, in 1986 down in New South Wales, and it, which is a crime um, which we have had happen in Brisbane in, you know, subsequent years. 
Um, so, you know, we've had Sophie Colin Bay murdered at Kurovka Point. We've had Yunji Ban murdered at um, uh, Rome Street Parklands. And so I thought, well, why has Brisbane not discussed this story too? Because these things happen up here. Um, and... Uh, yes, so th- I guess that's why the boys. I think uh, we wanted to ask the question, well, what's changed in 30 years? What needs to change over the next 30 years so that we're yeah. not still having this conversation in 30 years' time? Yeah. And, um, you know, why, you know, this this whole nature of um, gender and how deeply ingrained it is in our society and all the different roles that people play, you know, from the police to the, the law... Um, to the families, to the you know the the males, the, to the females, is um, absolutely fascinating, fascinating and quite terrifying. So um, yeah, so it's um, Brisbane. I, I feel is very conservative, uh, and that's possibly why it hasn't been done up here before. Um, but I really feel you know we've we've kind of grown up a bit, <laughs> and um, and. Uh, there is such a vibrant culture going on here because I know a lot of people, they go to, you know, QUT and Griffith and they say, well, don't stay in Brisbane, there's nothing for you here. Go to, move to Sydney, Melbourne. And, um, you know, I just feel like there is more happening here and we're going to get more and we need to get more, you know, so that people can live and work here. Mm. We have to go to Sydney and Melbourne. Um, so again, that's part of our purpose is to bridge that gap between um, all these beautiful, talented people who are doing community theatre and offering such joy to so many people, but not getting paid for it. Mm. <laughs> paid um, and exposure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes uh, exactly. We don't say that and word. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we want to bridge that ge- gap and give people opportunities. So the other good thing about the boys was there is. Um, three kick-ass um, female roles mm. and three male roles for people in their 20s to 30s and, yes, the mother role, which, <laughs> which I am playing. So I think, y- you know, what I've managed to do is marry, um, you know, a, 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 um, you know a, a whole heap of things in this one big project. <laughs> So are you so, also yeah. directing? No, no, no. We have been um, truly delighted to secure um, uh, Sienda McNamara, who, okay. who is an award, Matilda award-winning director. Um, so she, this is the first time a female's ever directed this play. Yeah, right. Too. So I think what uh, um, you'll find is we've done something very different with it too. Um because what we've tried to do is get people to recognise these characters or these people in someone they know. We all know people like this. And, um, you know, what is it that pushes and pulls people into and out of, you know, certain types of behaviour? And what role can we all play in trying to make a difference to um, to that uh, is some of the questions we're asking. So, I, I, you know, I don't want people to leave the theatre going, oh, 
that's not me, you know, that's someone else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want people to identify and go, yeah, yeah I do yeah, know someone right. like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so these are very real people um, with very real relationships. And what Sienda is very skillfully doing is crafting a world um, which we can all recognise. So, hmm. I hope. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> when, we'll is do this, uh, when is this coming out? <coughs> so that's uh, um, opening night is the 6th of October. So okay. we've got a couple of preview nights, uh, the two nights before that, and then we run for the three weeks, Tuesday to Saturday. Mm. We've got a couple of ancillary events going on, on okay. you know, on the Tuesday, Wednesday nights because we know people will be rushing from work. You can rock up to the the terrace and have a sausage sizzle with Ooh. for the show. Sausage sizzle. So, yes. So yes. I'm there. Yeah. I know. Yeah, who doesn't love a good sausage sizzle? I need to sizzle? sell me a ticket now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, pizza night on uh, the first Saturday night. Okay. Um, just, you know, people come along and... Enjoy a meal. So We've got a Q and A night on the Thursday nights um, okay. with the actors uh, and the uh, crew to talk about the roles in the play, and then a Q and A with the community panel on the um, the last Thursday night to talk about the nature of um, domestic violence in Australia. So today, um, the release date today for this our episode is the fifteenth of October. Oh there you go. Yeah. Yes. So you yes. got two weeks left <laughs> two to go weeks. see the <laughs> boys. Yes. <laughs> uh, down on Park Road in Melton. Um Thank I've you been the there <laughs> four times now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, went there while it was being built. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw That's it right. before it looked the way it looks today. And then uh, did some photography there, done some reviews. Yes. Uh, and wonderful. Yeah, we'll Thank be there you. back for the boys, so yeah. definitely go see the boys, guys. Uh, there'll be a review up on Mystify's website, mystifyltd.com.au. That's my website, I think. Um, <laughs> so there'll be a review up there of the boys, so definitely go have a look. The amazing Siobhan Robertson's going to write a review. Mm, thank uh, you. Be there for the sausage sizzle. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so tell us uh, if you could give us a quick blurb. Yes, a quick blurb. Blurb. Why should they come in the next two weeks? What are they in for? Uh, from the 6th of... Oh, yes, in the next two weeks. They are in for... Um, oh, okay, you, <laughs> you might have to edit this. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I think a um, they're in for a, a truly unique theatre experience in Brisbane yep. uh, in a truly unique venue. Um, there is a top-notch cast of emerging and established Brisbane creatives uh, and crew. So um, I think – oh, that's not very succinct, <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, let me think about this. Um, uh, I, I would encourage people to, you know, try something different. It could be confronting. Uh, it could be triggering. Uh, but th- – we believe that these are conversations that we need to have. Um, one of my lines in the play is, um, there are things you don't dare talk about and we are daring to talk about them. That's good. That's what we like. That's why we run this podcast too. Yeah, <laughs> aligned in that respect. Um, <laughs> for anyone who can't make it in the next two weeks, uh, what can they look forward to in the future? Have uh-huh. you got any other projects lined up? We have, yes. So because The Boys is a gritty true crime Australian drama, 
We have then got a, um, a beautiful cabaret um, produced by Laura Foy uh, called Love, Language and... I'll have to... Uh, love, Language and something that's, else. I'll have to... That's for uh, Fringe Brisbane, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's I was talking to her Brisbane about it recently. Fringe. I've missed oh, the... Yes, thank you. She wants me to come do photography for oh, her. So, yes, and she wants yes. Siobhan to write a review of that oh, as well. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, you'll be back in well live at your <laughs> venue, I think. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, yeah, so um, that will be lo- lovely. It is charming, the, the cabaret with three beautiful performers um, who tell some lovely stories and sing some lovely songs. Uh, so, uh, yes, the, and there'll be, you know, food and drinks available uh, there as well. So again, an, another lovely night out. Um, following that, we have a comedy. Uh, whew, bit of relief. Uh, it's it's a one person show. Um, again, dealing with a deep um, subject, you know, of, of death of a family member, but in a light hearted and um, extremely with Callum Johnston. Yes, scattering um, ashes on the moon. Yes, moon with a view. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we will yeah. be there for that one as well. Yes. <laughs> so again, we we have this. Beautiful, unique dome shape in the theatre. It is really beautiful. And um, you can imagine how a moon with a view might actually appear in that space to great effect. So, mm. yes, well, Callum Johnson was our second guest, I think, on the show. Oh, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) funny guy, amazing guy. And um, because he directed. Your opening night. He did, yes, for the ugly one. Yeah, mm. great director. Mm. Bringing yes. that and mm. what he did with it, amazing. Yes, the comic And hopefully my goal yes. is if we pull off our show in October yes. to hopefully bring it to your venue on a monthly basis yes. is my goal. Okay. Mm. So being yeah. able to open it up to 100 people once a month. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. my goal. So. Hopefully it happens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're well, here now. Let's start yeah. the negotiations. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> now, um, you know, all past that, you've gone through a challenge uh, mm. in your life, and we yes. didn't touch on that earlier. So, uh, mm. uh, if you're mm. okay with it, I do want to touch yeah. a little bit about it. So, if you want to open up about that and talk about your challenge that you've faced twice. Yes, yes. And how you are now a strong survivor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, so what, how old were you? How did it start? Well, so um, yeah, I found a lump in my breast when I was um, 37 and a half. Um, and very luckily it was early um, breast cancer. Um, and I'd said to my husband at the time, oh, you know, I might have a lump there. What do you think? And he went... Go to the doctor straight away because he'd been listening to the radio. And on the radio they said people leave it too long and they think, oh, no, it'll be fine. And so, you know, because of that happy circumstance of events, um, I went off to the doctor. You know, she referred me to the to do a, a, a scan. Um, they did a biopsy that, and by, you know, 4 o'clock that afternoon, <laughs> my... world was in some ways turned upside down (laughs) it was it was the 22nd of december so it was just before christmas and we were due to fly out to new zealand for to meet uh graham's sister and family and anyway so um uh i booked in for surgery and had a lumpectomy and radium and it was it was so contained that i didn't you know have to do the horrible chemo 
exercise or anything. And uh, fast forward another, you know, uh, 15 years um, uh, having regular mammograms and they found another lump uh, in the same uh, breast, uh, which then meant, well, I've got to have a mastectomy because you can't, you know, radiation, you can't do the same thing twice and the radiation really should have taken care of that. So um, uh, I had a, chose to have a double mastectomy and a reconstruction. Yeah. And um, I would say I've got a lot, lot in common with um, Kylie now, Kylie Minogue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of that. Um, you know, I say to myself, what would Kylie do? And uh, <laughs> she'd open a theatre, uh, but uh, yes, <laughs> and again, like it. Um, uh, I've had a charmed run, like, I'm so lucky. I've you know found things early, it's treatable, it's you know, things, and I've got the best of you know, medical cover, and I'm very extremely privileged. Um, and uh, well, both Graham and I do recognize that we have had an extremely privileged life, which in a great way has also led to this point of starting up the theatre because it's time to give back, you know. Um, so um, all that being done, we had um, great adventures with um, the whole, you know, all the surgeries and what have you because um, there's a few funny stories in there <laughs> because when you... Um, to do the reconstruction, I needed to have expanders in. You probably hate talking about no, this. No. <laughs> so Someone's got to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all these things you don't know. So these expanders are to expand the skin, you know, so that it can accommodate an implant. And um, so they put these things in with little gas cylinders in them and you pump it up, you know, <laughs> once a day. It goes and, you know, and over about, I can't remember how many weeks, maybe four weeks or something, um, you pump up and expand. But once these got to a certain size, well, the little gas cylinder inside would bobble around. <laughs> <laughs> so so you were like a, um, you know, the cat's toy yeah, with, yeah. The, with the little bell inside? <laughs> you know, you felt like a, a little wobbly... And a little yeah, dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, strange thing. Moroccas. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and at some point during this time when I was having the expanders in... I had to fly to Melbourne for you know to um, for family reasons, and um, uh, I got onto the plane and we got up in the air. And of course, these expander things, because of the l- lower air pressure, actually expanded oh, no. like a, a bit more. <laughs> so I was literally you know sitting on the plane going. Ow, you know that really hurts. Oh, like no. the, you know this. Is, I mean, they weren't going to. <laughs> Pop. <laughs> yes, but, you know, you can imagine how funny yeah. it would be. So, you know, Graham and I were joking that the, the flight attendant, you know, racing down the aisle with a fork to go, <laughs> you know, a bit Pulp Fiction, pulp fiction style, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> my boobs went up yeah. two sizes during <laughs> yeah, my flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that, w- that was funny. So I kind of uh, took some panel and sat there thinking, well, you know, I, I just have to get through this. I'm not going to Five hours of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then also even flight, you know, you have to kind of uh, go through the metal detector thing. So then you have to tell people, oh, look, you know, I'm sorry, I've got, you know, <laughs> I've got these little gas cylinders inside. 
at the moment. So it's yeah. you know it's kind of confronting. Yeah, you, you, well, motherhood does that to you as well. Your body becomes you know um, pu- uh, public property. You know, <laughs> um, to certain to a certain extent for periods of time. You know. Yeah. Mm, so. You got through it. Yes, got through it. And now they're firm forever. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and it's I often this is the other funny thing that um you know, they're not nice and soft like normal breasts. So um <laughs> but so I often feel like I've kind of got some coconuts there yeah. or something or you know, and and I imagine, you know, if I hug people they might go boom bar and you know, bounce off. <laughs> so so, I mean, really, before this surgery, I probably possibly could have been voted as person least likely to have plastic surgery on the planet. Yeah. Um, so it it and to a large extent, I've always um, judged people who have had plastic surgery, which you know is probably not the right thing to do. But I'm judgy. I'm, I'm a bit <laughs> I did the same. It. I'm like, why? Like, you don't mm. be natural. Mm. Yeah, mm, but yeah, sure. yeah. You don't need big lips. Like, yes, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very, very. Yeah. So, um, so that did sit uncomfortably with me, and I did think long and hard about it. Um, I was fifty at the time, uh, which is still relatively young. Like when I had my um, double mastectomy, I was in hospital with mostly seventy to eighty year olds who were having the same surgery. So, I, in hindsight, I'm. I am glad I did it, but it does feel a bit foreign and strange to me still. So, mm. and then yeah, there'll be ongoing maintenance, I'm sure. <laughs> Over time, heaven knows what I'm in for. But um, but you know, being fifty, I was able to kind of bounce back um, relatively easy again from the surgery, and I, I had. Um, I was actually had just won a role in a musical as well, Ladies in Black at Arts Theatre, and um, as the older woman, of course. And um, uh, we were learning the dancing, but of course, after the surgery, I was doing T Rex arms, for pretending, <laughs> you know, until I could stretch my arms uh, fully. Yeah. So it's been an adventure, and I have been very lucky. We seem to have a history of. Uh, breast cancer in our family and some of my family members yeah it happens what would you i guess give advice for our listeners on to on what to do if they're in similar situations how to overcome what they're well a check uh early and if you think you find something get it checked out and that goes for males too because you know i think um you know they can leave things go um uh, so you know just get things checked out i think women particularly when they're going through motherhood can put themselves last on the list and they're exhausted and tired and never get round to looking after themselves so mm. um but it's important to yeah uh, uh keep yeah um look after yourself um and if something like this happens to you um there's really not a lot you can do about it. You know, it's not in your control. Um, and you do 
go through a bit of going, well, why me? What, you know, what did I do? Like, mm. and literally the surgeon said, there was nothing you did. Like, you know, did I, did I drink too much through uni? Yes. <laughs> or, you know, wh- whatever. <laughs> you know, was it something I did? Was it because I was on the pill for, you know, uh, a long period? But really, it's, we don't know. And it's nothing you did. So don't blame yourself is one thing. Let that go. It's not something you can control. Let that go. And um, focus on the things that are important. And, like, what it re- it did draw Graham and I closer together. I think it, it would go one of two ways. If you were sort of happy and together, it would draw you closer. If, it's, if you weren't at that stage, it might tear you apart. Uh, and not just breast cancer, but any illness. Yeah, or of big any event. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big event. Yeah, mm. that it could be you know someone but breaking their leg and being out of action for you know. At least, I guess, picking it up yeah. early. Yes, hundred percent fixable intervention. Yes, absolutely. Get some fake yeah. boobs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Whole world's looking up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I would say just, uh, yeah, look after yourself, don't blame yourself and just do everything you need to do to get through mm. and gather the people. It, um, what what, the what people got around you through you it? Are important. It's um, friends and family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, friends and family. And, you know, you think about everything in the world, I don't think there's anything more important than friends and family. You know, uh, my mother died about 15 years ago, no, a bit longer now. And, you know, I think about her life and, um, you know, she was a, a nurse uh, her entire life um, and, a, you know, wonderful mother, um, except when you're a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you got to hate your mother. Yeah, and she turns out <laughs> all right by the time you get to 20-something. But... Um, uh, I think about her life and it's like a, a pool, you know, you throw a rock into it and the ripples go out and the the impact she would have on the world if you get, you know, way out in the ripples is nothing but the impact you have on the people around you is extremely important. So um, gather those people around and keep them close, you know, and... Uh, love other people i think and enjoy their company because really there's nothing else more important in life i think I don't know. Mm. jobs go mm. yeah yeah hobbies yeah. change but yeah. people yeah. once they're gone and people they're gone can come and go a- yeah. and and that's fine but enjoy you know what you have when you have it with the people around you and yeah there's one little story I can tell. When I was in hospital with my first surgery, that was when I was 37 and a half, I was sharing a room with a woman who was a long-term patient because of a problem she had. And Graham would drop by every morning and bring me a coffee. And um, he brought this other lady a coffee too. Um, and she sat there. She was so, so delighted. And... She sat there with a cup in her hand and it was one of the ribbed coffee cups, you know, cardboard ones. And and she just went, oh, you know, I love the 
the feeling of the ribs, you know, it's really um, it's really comforting. It's warm and I, I still hold that image in my head today and whenever I have a coffee, which is every day, at least a couple a, couple a day, um, in a takeaway cup, I feel the cup and I remember her yeah. and, I, you know, you, so it's that appreciation of those tiny things that can bring joy into your life. Mm. Um, no matter what's going on around you. Mm. Mm. Make it easier. Yes. How about a, a, dag, a little yeah. bit of... <gasps> Penny from Caravan. A oh, little, yeah, a yeah. little bit of mm-hmm. one of your speeches from the boys. From the boys, okay. Would that be easier? Oh, okay, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All righty. Uh, okay. We'll restart no, the segment that. if you yes. want to... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Oh, do you want me to lead yeah. it in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So... Two ticks water. That's all right. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Get ready. Because uh, we've gotten to that point. Mm. Um, so everybody we get on does a bit of an audition yeah. for us. Uh, so today uh, we're going to get you to uh, give us a little bit of a sneak peek of uh, the boys. Uh, so whenever you're ready, just uh, give us a give us a few lines, maybe a monologue or okay. something from, from the yeah. player that you can... Um, tease the audience with. Mm. Um, I think this little segment is one of the most significant lines of the play. Um, So I'll just lead right into it. Sure. Is there a line before that? We can be the uh, supportive characters. Yeah. Um, there's <laughs> not not a cue. There's a couple of people leaving the stage. Okay. Uh, yeah. To, so and, and I'm I'm left alone for the first time with my own thoughts. So. Well, I'm going to leave the stage now. Yeah. Okay. Bye. I'll see you then. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Take yourself in. <laughs> or fade into the distance. Mm-hmm. All these nights that just go on and on. And nothing makes sense at all. I suppose you don't dare try make sense of it. Not after the things you've seen. Not after the things you suspect. Oh, I've, I've done it That's wrong. all right. Oh, sorry, we That's better start good. again. I'm really sorry. We don't want to give it all away, no. so that'll do. That's yeah. more oh, than enough. Okay, cut it off before The boys, two weeks. Oh, yeah. Get your yeah, tickets. Yeah. Thanks for listening in. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram at Whom Podcast for highlights and more. See you all next week with another amazing guest.